0: I'm gonna get to go to work. You should just be here while right away when I pick up the book. When, when dad picks up. Me. Well, I'll be home soon after that. I'll be home at 6 right after you eat dinner. And okay. I made a yummy dinner for you. No, you didn't. I did. Where All right. It? Okay, I love you. Mommy, whatever you make is not yummy. Okay, bye. My husband and I have two young kids, he works and I'm trying to get back to work. And I'm really struggling with that age-old, crazy-making question, how to be good at work and at home. So I'm asking moms and dads about what they do and how they do it, how they manage to get out the door every day.
1: I have a husband and three children. And I have a 13-year-old boy, a 12-year-old boy, and a nine-year-old daughter. Um, the dog is
0: scratching at the door. <laughs> Hold on one second. Tori Brangham and her family live in Montclair, New Jersey, along with her dog and three cats. Tori is a general manager at an internet company. I talked to her about going back to work after she had kids and about what it's like to uproot your family for a better job. When Tori had her first son, she'd been working at a company for seven years. But after the first three months of her maternity leave, she found out the company was downsizing. She was offered a year-long severance.
1: So I had this great first year of basically full-pay maternity leave. Um, And then by the time I was ready to think about going back um, to work after that year ended, I I was pregnant again. And at that point we just decided, okay, we're just gonna sort of go through the childbearing years and um, figure out how to do this on one salary. So I ended up staying home for a total of almost five years just being a full-time stay-at-home mom. You know, we didn't go on vacation. We had, we didn't, we just made the lifestyle changes necessary and, you know, I it was no picnic, <laughs> being at home with three kids under four. Um, with a husband who traveled all the time. You know, I definitely did that, that phone call, like what time are you getting home and waiting for him to walk through the door at the end of the day because I was just completely at my wits end.
0: I should mention here that I worked with Tori's husband, William, for many years. We made news documentaries for public television. And it's definitely true, we traveled a lot. And I remember being on the road with him and him having to make the phone call home how his voice would change when he would talk to his kids. It was really cute. But at the time, I wasn't married yet, I didn't have kids, and I really had no idea what he, and especially Tori, were going through.
1: Arguably, I was not a very happy stay-at-home mom, so I knew intellectually that I would be happier if I was working. Personally, I would be happier. Slowly but surely, my need to have something outside the house grew stronger and stronger. And slowly but surely, my comfort level with understanding that my kids would be fine without me. And then like within weeks, I saw how fine my kids were. Do you wish you would have tried to go back to work sooner? I do. Because I took a giant step backwards. I don't regret that I pulled myself out. I sort of regret how I let myself go back in. I gave away a lot of income. I gave away um, just my position in the companies I went back to. Um, I came in at a much lower level than I should have. And it took me five years to climb back to just the level that I'd been at before I went out.
0: What do you mean when you say you you gave away?
1: You know what I did? It's so stupid. God, I think about it now and I just regret it terribly. Uh, My boss at my old job was leaving and... They were looking to promote somebody and I went in and said, I don't want this promotion. I don't want to even be considered because I thought it would be too demanding for someone with three kids. And they promoted someone uh, who was not even 30 yet, I don't think, which is really irrelevant because she was just a full decade younger than I was. But it was more that I didn't think she was the right person for the job. And then that happened multiple times over by the time I left that company. I, I just made a, the wrong set of assumptions. To go back to work and make my family a priority didn't mean I had to give up my value. And I tell this to people now, to my peers who are much younger than I am and just having kids, that um, if you pull yourself out, just make sure when you go back in, don't throw away all the experience because you were not in the game for two years or four years. Because you still have so much value when you go back in.
0: Did you feel any insecurity about your proficiency or that maybe you couldn't do the job as well as you did before? Because I know now that I've been, I haven't been working consistently. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I forgot how to do this.
1: <laughs> totally. There totally was. It was more like an endurance thing. Like when I first went back to an office full time, I felt like by three o'clock every day, I was like, okay, my brain hurts. It was like I was a runner who, hadn't gone running in a really long time. I didn't have a long run in me when I went back to work. Um, but then I got, I got used to it. It's also hard. I mean, going back to work when you have kids at home means that there's a part of your brain that's actually still at home, which is like managing a schedule. And I probably get 20 to 50 texts a day. Giving an address to a carpool or texting a pickup time or changing the location of a soccer practice is literally can be happening while I'm sitting in a meeting listening to my CEO in our monthly all-hands meeting. I had never worked with that kind of multitasking. And so it's just a different way to work.
0: So that responsibility still fell on, on you more than William, your husband? Yeah, it did. And it still does.
1: Um, and I, it's a constant tension or conflict or process in our marriage of how to unload the psychological weight of managing our home life from work.
0: Was there ever a moment where you just felt like, I'm done, I can't do this anymore? Of course, you keep doing it. Yes. Those moments happen, but they only happen
1: on when my husband has really long business trips, like a two-week trip to Iran or Europe. Usually by the, like, the last 48 hours of that trip, I'm thinking, I I, I'm at the very end of my rope. I can't do this for one more minute. And then I just think all the single mothers, all the like military families, all of the people who this is their reality for either forever or for 18 months stretches. And then I just think like get over yourself and stop having a pity party and deal with it. And then I get really mad at him when he comes home. and i act like a total witch and he's pretty used he's expects that by now he does not anticipate warm welcomes at home i think he would argue that he does his fair share and certainly when he is in the country and he's not on a shoot he tries to but i'm sort of the def because of his schedule i'm the default parent i mean sometimes i literally have to pull myself out of the game in order to have him be the default parent, just to give myself a break.
0: Like, how do you do do that? So
1: lately, I've just sort of been like, I have a really big day at work. Everybody, I'm turning my phone off. I'm not accessible. Every single inquiry needs to go to dad. Um, And it, you know, we haven't done it very often, but I mean, in some ways it's encouraging because like I can remove myself and everyone else figured it out.
0: I I know for me, sometimes, it's it's me who's getting in the way of letting Jad be the parent. Yeah. Has that ever come up with you? <laughs> I think
1: um, all the time and that I like things done a certain way. Two of my biggest <laughs> arguments are um, that my kids stay up late when he's in charge and that they nobody showers when he's in charge. <laughs> That, like, my cleanliness and bedtime priorities are thrown out the window, and I'll call from a hotel, and it's 10, and I'm like, "Are do I hear ki- the kids are still awake? It's a school night. Like, no, why are they awake? And he's like, oh, we were reading a book, and then we – I mean, here's the deal. He's super fun. He tends to engage the kids in incredibly thoughtful activities where they're reading out loud to each other or they're playing a board game or – I don't know, they're just doing, so they're having a great time. He's undoubtedly a much more fun parent, but for him to be more involved, I have to loosen the reins and allow him to do it his way, which is not always easy.
0: So years ago, when William and I were working together, he was offered a different job, and it meant less traveling. And I remember him telling me that he wanted to take this new job because basically it was Tori's turn.
1: We definitely talked about that, that I, I was in the process of realizing how much I'd, how badly I'd gone back in and how much I'd given up. But I said to him, I can't try to, do, to sort of go for the promotion unless you are going to be a little bit more available to support our home life. And so he really consciously made some decisions to try to make that happen. Um, It's a constant negotiation, which is like, if I'm gonna really commit to something more outside the home, then I need you to commit a little bit more to the home. Um, You know, and it's it's an ongoing, ever-changing dynamic. Um, And it really changes week to week depending on everybody's work demands.
0: And now you might say it's William's turn. He was offered a really great promotion at his job, but it means moving from New Jersey to Washington, DC. What was that conversation like that you had to have? How did he bring it up to you? What was your reaction?
1: I have always been open for a move, mostly because I just, I have this fear. It's a really ridiculous fear that I'm going to live my whole life in New Jersey. (laughs) that I was born and raised in New Jersey and my whole narrative will be in New Jersey. Um, So I've always been really open to a change. But that is, I mean, we love where we live and we're in a super unique, tight-knit community of people. I mean, it's definitely going to be really hard, but it was a great opportunity for William and I was like, let's do it. So we had, a bun- we had about a six-week process of talking about it and really weighing the pros. We made a spreadsheet, pros and cons, financial model, like how would this work for us in this new place? And then it came to telling the kids. If this had happened even two years ago, the conversation would have been easier. Um, it just feels like younger kids moving Um, It's just moving when you are still the center of your child's universe versus their social circles being the center of their universe. Just two very big distinctions. So we told them two weeks ago today, we told my oldest son first, and he didn't believe us. He thought we were joking. Um, and then he ref- said immediately, I'm not going. And I know you think that I'm just saying that, but I'm not kidding. I'm not going to go. And he's pretty much held that line ever since. I mean, his to quote him, he said, we're ruining his life. My nine-year-old was sort of just much more emotive and teary and sad and scared and nervous about being in a new school and having to make new friends. Um, My middle child was a little bit more angry, and then that instantly moved to trying to convince his siblings that this is actually an opportunity for negotiation and leverage, that, like, there are animals we could get, there are vacations we could demand. It was like a frantic internet search for the kind of snake he wanted. And I'm going to only go if I get this snake. He's he's going to be a lawyer someday.
0: How, how did you prepare or did you prepare to have this talk with your kids? Um, we...
1: Went through a bunch of scenarios, and in fact, I think we were fairly accurate in predicting how the kids would respond. Mm-hmm. I think the only thing I underestimated was the sense of like devastation they feel about it. They, I, I assumed some like ounce of magnanimous, like, "Wow, I'm so happy for Dad. He got this big promotion," but there has been none of that. They, their answer has been, "You like your job, Mom." Dad likes his job. Why do you have to have a better job? Like, why can't you just have the job you... Why do you need more? The idea that when you're working day in and day out for two decades now, which we've been doing, that that you're working towards something more meaningful and more rewarding, and I think is a little lost on them. I, I mean, it's... I don't know if we've never just talked about it enough at home about wanting to get a promotion... And maybe we've failed in sort of talking. I mean, I sort of made a conscious effort as a working mom not to bring work home with me, not to bring my bad work days home with me. I sort of walk through the door and try to just start fresh. But maybe we've, like, protected them too much from I just got passed over by a promotion from a 30-year-old because she works 100 hours a week and I leave at 6 every day, or that I haven't given them a real flavor for... The challenges of getting ahead at work why you would want to get ahead at work um, so that they just have been sort of oblivious about it I guess And I, we came up with, um, I have a friend who's a psychologist, and she said you have to frame this in language that they understand. So um, imagine that they're on a travel soccer team, and then all of a sudden the US national team calls and offers them a spot, but you have to move to Washington DC to play with them. And you know if you go, you'll, get better, you'll be a much better soccer player, um, but you're gonna have to leave behind your, the travel team that you love. And they were all like, yeah, I'd never go to the national team. That didn't work. (laughs) No, it totally backfired. It's so abstract to them. And telling them that they're gonna be fine doesn't mean anything to them. So we just have to sort of be the punching bag for their reluctance and their sadness and their fears. And eventually, I mean, I think they're gonna be fine. I've said to them all, like, we wouldn't ask you to do something we didn't think you could do. And know that you will take this challenge and, get to school and make new friends and do well and but they all sort of don't care about that Mm -hmm. they care about what they're leaving behind not what they're moving towards
0: thank you tori for talking with me and thanks to william and his kids for keeping my little ones entertained while i interviewed their mom Good luck in D.C., guys. The music in this episode is by the amazing Shaky Graves. I'm Carla Murthy, and this is Getting Out the Door.